Hey y'all, I'm Matt. And I'm JB. Welcome to the Catholic AM Podcast. Where we talk with ordinary people about their extraordinary lives. And take a deep dive into all things Catholic. Welcome to this episode of the Catholic AM Podcast. Our guest today is Samantha Deitchel. She is currently a youth ministry director at a parish in San Antonio, Texas. Um, she was also a soccer player and a captain at, for the University of Dallas women's soccer team. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, can you tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, a little background, all of that jazz? Yeah. Um, so I am the director of youth ministry. I love ministry. It's always been a huge part of who I am, my life. Um, I grew up in a big family. I grew up in San Antonio, so I'm actually back home, um, currently. Um, I grew up with five siblings. I can probably count on one hand, maybe less of the times I've missed Sunday mass. Um, so grew up in a super Catholic home, going to Catholic school, um, really embraced my faith and grew up in an environment of playing sports and going to mass. That was kind of our thing that we did as a family. It was, we played sports, we went to Catholic school, we went to mass. Um, and those are all the things we kind of loved. And that's really brought me to where I am now, where I get to do ministry as a living, which is super awesome, helping and guiding people um, in their faith, both those that come from the athletic world, which I understand a little bit more, and those that don't, which tends to be a bit of a challenge sometimes that I don't understand. Like, theater or dance or things like that but we're learning as we go um yeah so that's kind of me in a nutshell nice that's that's awesome so so five siblings did did you all uh in in a family of sports did you all have your own go-to sport or did you guys all do it together and just like dominate the field wherever you guys played um so we all played soccer (laughs) um that's the sport that was kind of our sport that we all played. Um, my oldest sister played club at AM in college. Um, hey, whoop. <laughs> my older brother stopped playing, but could have played in college, most likely. Um, he went into the ROTC route instead. Um, I played collegiately as well at the University of Dallas. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the sport we all chose, but we also played basketball, volleyball, softball, and baseball. So we kind of did it all. We nice. still do a family basketball game every Thanksgiving. It gets very oh, competitive. Sometimes my little brother tries to do drafts, like to mm-hmm. figure out how to make his team the best team, which is super <laughs> fun. Um, yeah. And I can only assume that, that your parents are involved in this in this game too every every Thanksgiving, right? Oh yes, my mom who. Um, hurt her knee while playing 1v1 with my little brother who's now 13. Um <laughs> yeah, so she hurt her knee but every Thanksgiving she still is like we have to play basketball. And I feel the same yeah. way. Like I injured my back in college and I still every Thanksgiving we like make it happen. That's I, dedication I that. to the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. What was it you you said you you all you all made like soccer like you you're the family sport um what what was it about soccer specifically that that that's what you guys latched onto Um so our dad grew up playing soccer 
And sorry, our dad coached us in everything under the sun. All of us, like at the same time, I don't really know how he did that. At times he was coaching like six teams, um, especially if we were in season for multiple sports at the same time. Um, but yeah, and so we just kind of loved it. It was a game we all got to play together and it was the most fun for all of us. I don't know why all of us were like, no, this is our sport. This is the one that we find to be the most fun, the one that we get the most enjoyment out of. And I think a lot of it was influenced from my older siblings. So when my older sister, Jessica, and my older brother, James, kind of decided, hey, this is the sport I want to play solely. And when they were in high school and they started playing club in middle school. And we just kind of like, we spent our lives on the soccer field growing up. We were at soccer tournaments. We were on the field. We were doing all of that stuff. And so I think that definitely lent itself to us thinking soccer was the best because we were just around it the most. So then uh, my my guilty pleasure uh, question I got to ask is, have you or any of your siblings seen Ted Lasso? I have not. And I don't think my siblings have. <laughs> I can't confirm that, though. I, I think as a family, that would be an amazing thing to watch. <laughs> it is. It, I, and I only say that because since you guys know so much more about soccer than I did when I watched it. I know you you guys are going to get all a, a whole other realm of humor out of this show and um, Annie Sudeikis's uh, ridiculousness. Yeah, I'll have to watch yeah. it and let you know. Um, going back to your family one-on-ones um, and a family full of athletes, there's obviously uh, trash talk involved. I know when I played sports with my siblings, I have two older siblings, um, we always got into fights, throwing the ball at each other, calling each other names. Um, how was, what is the art of trash talk with your siblings? Oh gosh. I don't know if we really have like an art of trash talk. I mean, we'll tell someone they shoot like a grandma. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> like that, or it would be like, man, or we'll call their air balls on them. Like that's, that's very common when we play and we'll just kind of laugh at each other. I think that's, that's part of it. And my, so my older sister would kill me for telling a story, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because it's hilarious. Every year in our Thanksgiving game, someone ends up laughing so hard. And my, my older sister tends to be this person that literally they pee their pants because they're laughing so hard. Like, this is that's so funny like it, and I think that's so much of the culture that my parents and like had around sports and that we all had around sports is that it was fun it wasn't mm. like it was for no nothing else other than fun and so when we get together and we play like yeah we'll push each other we'll foul each other like I mean we will like go at it hard together because we are really competitive but more than anything it was to make each other laugh and have a good time and I think it was hard growing up, like when we were little and we saw it a lot in my little brother that he would be a sore loser. And that was something we like immediately addressed with him. It was like, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Sometimes you can't be a sore loser. You can't stomp off and be upset for the rest of the day because you lost. Like, that's not how we do it. Um, And that was really important to us. It was really important that we knew how to lose and we knew how to win at the same time. Um, yeah, so it was always all about laughter and like we'd make fun of each other, sure, but nothing crazy, nothing too serious for sure. Right. I I love how you guys ta- j- like um 
that whole idea of like, you know, being a sore loser or, or how to, how to win well, like good sportsmanship. I love that you guys handled that as, as a family thing and you, and you addressed it immediately. Um, I think that's really awesome. Something that, um, you, you really get from like, not only like a team dynamic and like built, trying to build each other up when you're on a team of people, but then to, to take that one step further and do it as a, a family unit. Um, I think it is a whole other realm that that even like accentuates how um, how to just deal with problems and, and find um, the love in in everything that's happening at that moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it really made us better athletes, better people, um, because often we became our hardest critics and mm. because we knew that we didn't want to disappoint not only our ourselves, but our parents or our siblings, especially if our siblings were coming to watch us play um, in any sport, it was like, they've been here, they've played this. Um, and now being the older sibling to my little brother, after his games, I'll be like, hey, do you remember this one play when this happened? He'd be like, uh, kind of. And I'm like, yeah, this is a better option for next time. Like maybe do this or trying to teach them little things. Um, but it did. It made us so determined to be the best we could be um, in every situation. And our coaches used to tell us all the time, they were like, gosh, your family's just so coachable. Like, you guys just pick up and are immediately like, okay, like, what's going to make me better? What's going to be better for the team? What's going to be best for this? And falling into that role of leadership at the same time, um, I think really came from that our family was on my first team that I was ever on. Um, and we do stuff together. We've always done stuff together. We're, we've been so, so close. People ask us all the time. They're like, why are you and your siblings so close? Why are you each other's best friends? What did your parents do to you? And we're like, <laughs> that's so cool. Nothing. We, we hung out together when we were little, yeah. like growing up, we, we played together. We were at each other's games. Our big word in our house is that we showed up. Like, no matter mm. what, you were there. Like, there was not another option. If your sibling was playing and you weren't having a game at the same time, you were at their game. Even if you napped through it, you were there. Like, that was a hard and fast rule in our house, um, which I think really did lend itself well to being not only good athletes and great teammates, but also off the court to be great friends um, with people and good students and all of that that comes with that as well. Nice. So to to take this now, so from from all the like the the like the giant foundation that like your family gave you with with the morals and values of sports, how how did you um, live that out, especially out in college? Oh gosh, that is such a good question. <laughs> um, and just so many things. Um, college taught me a lot about myself when it came to sports. Um, so I came in. Oh not, no, Sam, I think we lost you. Hold my on. senior year of high school, I wasn't sure Can if I wanted to, to keep something? playing soccer. Um, and then I actually ended up at the University of Dallas because the soccer oh. coach there at the time. Sam, can I stop you right there? Yeah. Okay, can you re can you restart that? Um, it glitched out just oh, for a yeah. second. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So my senior year of high school, I wasn't sure I wanted to keep playing soccer. Um, in mm. college, I 
had determined that if I went to a big school, I would play club like my sister had um, before me. And I actually ended up at the University of Dallas because the coach that was there at the time um, called me for three months straight without me answering her, which is super (laughs) abnormal for recruiting. Dedication. God knew, right? Like I needed to be here. Um, So she called and called and called. And finally, I responded to her when I was up in Dallas for a tournament. I was like, hey, I'm playing here if you want to see. And she couldn't. Um, but my coach got wind of the fact that I was looking at UD. He happened to have UD connections. I ended up on a campus tour that weekend um, with one of the other girl's parents who was a UD alum, which was like super crazy. Um, and kind of found out more about the school by the end of my senior year and kind of March, April, I was calling the coach every week. We were in contact. She drove down to see me play. I was like wanting to pick out my number before my parents even told me I could go. They were like, that's so cool. It's a private school. Like it's expensive. And I was like, but this is where I need to be. And for me, it wasn't necessarily because of soccer. Soccer was kind of like the cherry on top for me. Um, It was because I fell in love with the curriculum. I fell in love with the faith base. Um, While I was there on my overnight visit, I went to daily mass Like it just got thrown into our schedule. My coach knew me well enough already at that point that she was like, Hey, you want to go to daily mass while you're here? And I was like, yes, absolutely. I want to do that. Um, so it was a lot of things and soccer was kind of the cherry on top for me. Um, so walking into my freshman year, I didn't really know what to expect, but I came in, I had done the work to get there. So I, that summer before my freshman year of college, I worked out six days a week and like was running touching the ball in the gym like doing all of this stuff to get my body ready and to hopefully compete with these seniors in college (laughs) um which is a tall order when it comes to sports so I came in and my freshman year kind of really excelled um in a lot of ways with come becoming close with my teammates and excelling on the field to be able to um, really like I was a starter by the end of my freshman year, which is crazy. I was playing a good amount um, close to the full game, which was awesome. And that's incredible. incredible. I like worked super hard for that and became really close with some of my teammates. Um, But there was always this thing. So when we traveled, thankfully, I was at a Catholic school. And so they they had to give us the opportunity to go to mass every Sunday when we were traveling um, and when we were on campus, obviously. So still keeping that mentality of being able to see even like just different churches from the different cities we would visit was always super interesting to me. Um, And it was really cool to see that reality um, of just like the small number of girls when from my freshman year, there were maybe five of us that consistently went to mass every Sunday together um, to by the time my junior year rolled around, there were probably 15, 16 girls coming to mass, which was really cool to see That's awesome. that transition. Um, two of my closest friends from my team um, were actually two years younger than me. And they, one of them just, came into the Catholic church 
this past Easter. Well, really Pentecost because COVID. Um, <laughs> and then the other one um, who I'm really close with is going to be going through the RCIA program and I'm actually going to be her sponsor, which is so cool. Um, and like, I would not have had, I wouldn't have met them like really had I not been playing sports. And what's even crazier to me is like, end of my freshman year, everything's going great. And I like was on this high of like, man, sports are going awesome. And I found out that January. So after a season that I have a herniated disc in my back. Um, and Yikes. so there's this huge risk of me playing soccer and I was in a lot of pain and all these things. And immediately it was like, one, my coach was there in the room when my doctor gave me that news. She actually knew before my parents knew about this injury, um, which was wild. And I was like, oh gosh, okay, now what? Right. Um, so I was faced with the, de the decision of, am I going to keep playing? What am I going to do to try to get back on the field? That was always my mentality. Um, cause I wasn't ready to give it up yet. Um, and I remember that spring semester being in so much pain and I would go into adoration and my pain levels would spike and I'd go into mass and my pain levels would spike. And I was so angry at God. I was like, what are you doing? One, mm. you're making me give up the sport I love. Two, like, I'm trying to be close to you. I'm trying to talk to you and you're making this really physically difficult. Um... And it was such a learning curve for me that semester of faith and how to see God differently um, and really having kind of this crisis of who am I without soccer, um, mm. which was like something I had never realized I would have to face, um, especially now that I was playing at the college level. And I was like, that can't happen. So I kind of made this determination that I was going to come back, that I was going to work through this injury and I was going to come back. And I did for half of my sophomore year. So I worked really hard, went to a ton of PT, um, got steroid injections in my back. Like you name it, I tried it um, to do anything and worked my butt off to get back on the field. And I did it. Like my sophomore year, I came back for preseason and I was like limited and my coach knew that. So she, I could only do certain drills or I could only run so far and things like that. Um, and she was great. I like working with me and so were our trainers through that process. Um, and throughout preseason, what we did that year for captains was that we, we voted on who we wanted on kind of this leadership council and whoever got the most votes became the captain that year. Um, and coach pulled me in her office and she said, you've been voted captain this year. I was like, what? I'm only a sophomore. <laughs> what do you mean I've been voted a captain? <laughs> she was like, yeah, there was only one person that didn't vote for you to be on this like leadership board. Mm -hmm. And one of the spots on the leadership board was like the spiritual like person. I don't remember the the official title, but it was like the person that prays for the team. Like a chaplain like, or something. Yeah kind of plays that role. And um, I was like, well, maybe they just voted for me for that role. And I was really concerned because the year before that, we had had a sophomore captain that didn't go over well. And she, my coach was like, no, I talked to some of the upperclassmen. Like I talked to 
our juniors and they were like, if anyone can do this as a sophomore and be a good captain, it's Sam. Like we want her to be our leader and like be this person. She was like, they believe in you. They have so much faith in you to be able to do this. And I was like, okay, here we go. God, help me out here. Um, <laughs> for like, how do you have that leadership role as an underclassman? How do you tell a junior or senior what to do, right? That was like kind of where I was stuck. And so we go into the season and I was playing like 20 minutes a game. That was it. Like, that's all I could give. That's all my body was willing to let me give. And there were days where like, I couldn't practice because I was in pain. And my coach would be like, if I played, she'd be like, okay, you're ice bathing and you're not, you're not playing on Monday for practice. Like, we're just going to take it easy so you can play the following weekend. Um, and I was like, okay. Until one morning I woke up and we were about halfway through our season and I, it hurt to move like mm. at all. And I remember walking across campus in tears and like talking to my friends being like, I can't do this. Like, I can't move. I can't walk. What's going on? Obviously scared that I did something more to my back because that was always a possibility that would require surgery after that. And they were like, you have to tell your coach. And we had two huge games coming up. And I remember sitting in campus ministry with our campus minister, Nick Lopez, and he was like, Sam, you can do this. And I said, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can talk to my coach about this. Mm -hmm. And I just remember him praying over me. And like, we sat in his office and he prayed with me and was like, this such an intense prayer of like, just strength to be able to walk across campus to talk to my coach. And I remember like leaving his office, just my stomach in knots. And from getting to campus ministry to getting to my coach's office, you had to pass the chapel on our campus. And I remember walking into the chapel because I, I couldn't quite face my coach yet. And I would just walked into the chapel and I just like stood there and I was in so much pain. And I just remember telling God, being like, God, I need you to be with me and I need you to give me the words to be able to do this um, and give me the strength to put myself first for like my own health and before my teams, which was really hard for me um, because I've always put my teammates first. Um, it's always been about them. It's always been about the team. And so I walked out of there and I walked into my coach's office. Luckily she knew me really well. And she immediately was just like, what's wrong? You're not smiling. What's wrong? And I was like, I'm an, I just remember sobbing and telling her I'm in so much pain and I'm really scared. Mm. I also cannot play this weekend. Mm. And she and her only response to me was, we knew this was coming. Um, she said, we knew this day would come and it's okay. I said, yeah, but I'm a captain. How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to tell my team these things? Um, how do I deal with that? And I re distinctly remember her telling me that God had a plan in this, that God knows my purpose far more than I do. And now I just have to find my why. I have to figure out why I'm still here and what he wants my role to be now on this team. And it was a struggle the rest of that season to kind of figure out 
how to be a leader without being on the field. Because I was always kind of that silent leader. I wasn't super vocal. It was more through my actions than anything. Um, And so looking at her that day and her being like, God has a role for you still. He has a role for you here. I was like, okay, sure he does. (laughs) Um, But really praying through that, that whole rest of that season was super insane, like spiritually to walk through. Um, and it was that November after our season, my coach came into, I came into my coach's office to talk to her one day and it's when she introduced me to FCA, which is fellowship of Christian athletes, um, which is a national organization from middle school through college students. And she looks at me dead serious. She was like, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, no. She was like, I think you would love it. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, no, I like met the regional like representative. I think, I think you should start an FCA here on campus. And I laughed. I was like, sure. In all my free time, I'll do that. <laughs> right. Because, I'm a student you know, athlete. Right. I study. Like, studying athlete, super involved with campus ministry. So I was in women's ministry. I was in um, uh, aspiring theologians. I was on team for our awakening, which is like our huge retreat. Yeah. Um, like you name it, I was involved in it. <laughs> and so I laughed about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In all my free time. And she was like, she just kind of let it go. And I walked out of her office and the Holy Spirit, I tell you what, he was just like, he wouldn't let me let it go. And I was like, oh, Okay, so it just stuck with me. And I immediately went into our campus ministry. I was like, hey, have you ever heard of FCA? And they're like, yeah, we used to have it on campus, but it didn't really ever work. And I was like, hmm, so I think I'm going to start it again. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, my coach brought it up to me, and I think I'm going to start it again. I think that's what God wants from me. And by the end of that semester, so like, I don't know, four weeks later, I had contacted a handful of students, like four or five students that were going to be other leaders with me. I had met with the regional like contact for FCA. I had talked to our athletic director and our director of campus ministry to get it started, like make sure they were in support of both of these things. And I found like, and I was talking to them and I was going to Rome the following semester. So like, I wasn't even going to be here to like really start that process. I was like, we're going to be starting it in August. <laughs> like <laughs> it's coming guys, get ready. Um, yeah. And while I was in Rome, I like was working with our student government to write the constitution for our club and like get it started while I was in Rome. And it was no big wild. deal or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like it was crazy. And so much of me is like, God placed me there for such a reason. So we ended up my junior year starting FCA on campus. Um, and we had anywhere from eight to 10 leaders that all came from different um, sports teams to be our leaders. So we had a lot of representation from the different sports teams coming together. And we got to talk about Jesus. We got to talk about our relationship with him. We got to talk about how our faith should influence the way we play sports and the way we treat each other and the things that go on and thanking God for the gift he's given us of our ability to play this sport um, that we love. And 
all while the reality was sinking into me that I wasn't allowed to play the sport I loved anymore. Um, so my junior year, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the year off from playing. I'm going to stay a part of the program. I'm going to be the manager and with the hopes of coming back my senior year. But really that junior year, I got to grow and build so many bonds with my teammates because they knew one, they knew once I started talking, they were like, oh, you actually know what you're talking about. And they heard from the upperclassmen that like, no, I could actually play. When I was allowed to play, I was good at what I did. And so they kind of had like this mentality of like, they would ask me to stay after practice with them and like help them work on stuff. And at a couple of my freshmen come in who I was the first person they talked to when they came off the field, like before they even talked to coach, they would come talk to me and they'd be like, Hey, what am I doing? What can I do different? I really like stepped into that role a lot. And then they'd go talk to coach, like after they had calmed down and kind of settled with me, um, which was such a cool like role that I got to play. And also just feeding into not only the spirituality of our soccer team, but the spirituality of the entire athletic department um, Mm. that I got to have more contact with all of the coaches. Cause I went to each of the coaches and I was like, Hey, who do you think on your team would be a good leader for this? And I got their suggestions. (laughs) And now looking back, those leaders, a handful of them are still my closest friends from college now. And I would have never met them had we not been become leaders together in FCA. And all of us had a different story of how we ended up being an FCA leader, whether it was me forcing them into it and like really pushing them to do that. Um, or another friend kind of asking them like, hey, you want to be an FCA leader or their coach, whatever that looked like for them. Um, and just really being able to like embody that and then have an impact on so many people and having people come up to me and like, Sam, this is my favorite part of the week is FCA. And so while yes, soccer, I couldn't play soccer anymore. I knew that sports were bringing me to so many new people. Um, and so many, such a bigger way, um, than I ever imagined that I ever could have done if I was just playing soccer. Right. Um, I had the ability to influence people in their faith life, which is far more important than their athletic career. Um, although some <laughs> of them don't like to think that. Um, it's hard to yeah, think Being that able to time. like sit there and then be like, Sam, you're such a light. Like I, I didn't know like my relationship with God till I was here. I, this is where my, I have made the closest friends of mine or telling me that like, Sam, this is my favorite thing. And having girls come up to me and be like, yeah, like I'm converting to Catholicism and a lot because of you, because I witnessed your faith. I witnessed your joy. I witnessed your dedication. And then you were willing to like answer questions that I had about it, um, which was huge for me. Um, And also just poured back into me as well while I was struggling through injury and not having the sport I loved anymore kind of re-identifying myself. And when I was going through that identity crisis of no longer being a soccer player to being, well, I'm the FCA leader, right? So it became more about that I'm God's witness and sports is just my avenue into that. Um, Was so amazing through college and really has shaped me into the youth minister that I am. I bring so much of FCA into my ministry or I try to 
And now to see FCA still thriving two years later, um, since I've been gone, I'm still in contact with the president now. Um, and watching him grow up from a freshman all the way now, he's um, a senior and watching him walk through that and become president and really take it over and into his own and being able to text them and be like, hey, how's FCA? Or seeing posts on their social media of meetings they're having and things that are going on is just so incredible to me to know that like God put me in that spot in that specific moment through soccer to be able to serve him in a greater capacity than I ever imagined I would be able to at all, um, which has been really incredible to watch and see and be a part of as well. Yeah. Um, did you have any role models like going through all of this? Is, was there like a specific person or a saint that you were praying to? Or like, um, I look up to Philip Rivers when it comes to like being a witness to his faith um, in sports. I don't know if you had a specific person that you're like, yeah. okay, this is who I can model my life after. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't say I really had someone that I was like living it up for sure. Um, Sean Johnson is like, I love her and her husband, um, Andrew East. So he played football and at Vanderbilt and he was actually an FCA leader when he was in college. Oh, cool. Um, oh, wow. And so I just like follow them and I watched a lot of I am second videos um, and we used to watch them at FCA a lot as well. Um, yeah, but like Sean Johnson, Andrew East, those were huge ones for me. Tim Tebow, I think like as much as like, it's like, yeah, they're not Catholic, but like the way they talk about their faith um, and the relation of how it feeds into their sports mentality. I love Philip Rivers is another great example. Um, for me, more than anything, when it came to like spiritually and all those things, um, St. Mother Teresa became a huge part of my faith journey, um, especially my junior year. I was going through some serious spiritual dryness, and I just remembered Mother Teresa and the fact that she went through that for 50 years, which is incredible to me. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, like it's insane. I don't know if I could do that. Um but I remember her saying this quote that she has about um, when she couldn't find God within, she found him in those she served, that she got to see Jesus mm. every day and the people she served. And so I started doing that and I started really seeing God and I became really intentional in telling people that. Um, and so every time at FCA, if I saw God in one of my leaders, I would send them a text afterwards or I would stop them before they left and I would tell them like, or if it was one of our participants, whatever it was, one of my teammates, all of those things. Um, and just really became a role model for me of like finding God in others, which was super incredible. And I think led not only to a lot of growth in me to be able to see God differently, but also those that I was telling um, because I think, and I had this conversation with a couple of people that it's easier for us to see God in other people than it is to see him in ourselves and the things that we're doing. And I, and I know that was true of myself. Like people would tell me all the time, they're like, oh, I see God in you. And I'm like, not the Holy Spirit, it's fine. <laughs> um, and they, have to, they would have to remind me, they were like, yeah, but you said yes. This wouldn't happen mm. unless you said yes. And I was like, oh, you're right. Okay. Um, so it became this like relational journey 
um, of faith with so many people in that room of having my teammates who typically we weren't super close, but they would come up to me and we would have these really deep conversations and we would both end up in tears, like on the gym floor together um, about something that was going on in their life. Maybe it was related to soccer. Maybe it wasn't. Um, was really cool. Yeah. So I think like spiritually, as far as like people I looked up to definitely Tim Tebow, Sean Johnson and her husband, Andrew East are incredible. Um, really trying to live out their faith as much as they can. Um, and then spiritually mother Teresa, and I have this like huge affinity for the suffering heart of Christ. Um, and that journey really began in college when I was struggling with not only physical pain, um, but emotional pain as well of losing my dad when I was my sophomore year of college, my dad passed away. And so dealing with all of those things at once <laughs> was super interesting. Um, but that's kind of where my journey towards the suffering heart of Christ and the meaning of human suffering began. And I think that really influenced FCA um, going into my junior year, starting FCA. I was our first leader to give a personal testimony and tell my story. And for a lot of my teammates, especially the freshmen who didn't know me the year before, didn't know my dad had passed away. That was the first time they had heard that. And I remember people coming up and telling me like, God, I would have never guessed you were going through this. Like you just have, you just have this joy about you. And I will never forget meeting Dustin, who's now the president of, of FCA. We met that night. That was the first encounter he ever had of me. The first time he ever heard me <laughs> talk was my life story and about losing my dad. And he walked up to me and he said, you don't know me and I don't know you, but you're awesome. Like you're really cool. And that was kind of like <laughs> the beginning of our friendship and him becoming a leader in FCA. Um, yeah, but the suffering heart of Christ and just how much that can be so present to all of us, no matter what type of suffering we're going through at any given moment. And I think as athletes, especially physically, I think they feel that a lot, especially at the college level that your body just hurts. It aches. It can't do what it used to do in high school, but you're asking it to do more um, and how to balance that. And especially I always, I have a heart for athletes who go through injury um, and watching very close friends of mine go through injury in their collegiate life and trying to prevent them from making the mistakes I made and showing them that like, Hey, Christ has got you still like, just because it's looking different doesn't mean that he still doesn't care. Um, that was really important to me and really touches me still, even as I work with high schoolers and middle schoolers now, um, really talking them through those type of things that you can't put your soul identity in your sport because one day it's going to be gone. Um, but if you put your identity in the fact that God gave you this gift and this talent, then it looks very different and it gets molded very differently um, when you look at it that way. That's incredible, Sam. What I, what I love is how you, you took something um, that a lot of people might see just as, you know, something like, like evangelization of just, you know, maybe it might be like a parish program or maybe it's just, you know, talking to somebody in a coffee house or whatever, but like you, you took evangelization like to its limit to really 
like exercise it in in the lived experience of not only like like your love and passion for soccer but like you were just saying like your teammates your family um all the other sports that happen in college that um, i think is so important when we think about like the evangelization like you said to young people and especially to youth is it like they're they're growing up with all these things so where where can you meet them and hopefully like have like support that connection that they can have with god and and just be a witness and man you you are you're an incredible witness and and it's a plus superstar it's (laughs) it's incredible how you um you recognized the anger and the dryness that you had and you went through it instead of trying to avoid it or, or or fall away but you went through it with god and he um like you, you recognized uh, all all the gifts by the by the hearts of the people that you still continue to touch today, which is um, amazing fruit. Um, so yeah, just I, I don't know, coo- like I I, I want to say kudos to you, but that that I, there's so much more I want to say because because yeah. that's um, that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. I think we all want to be able to to touch um, people's hearts in that way, and you 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 did it so so beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was not always easy by any mm-hmm. means. There were lots of tears shed and lots mm-hmm. of support. Of and I think that's the thing that I try to imbue in people is that like we can't, we cannot do this journey alone. And mm-hmm. like it just doesn't work that way. And that you need this support system. You need the support of people who are going to pray for you and like going to help you through this and going to talk you through it and remind you and ground you back in your faith and ground you back in the fact of like, what's the reason you're here in the first place? Um, And I think that was like my constant thing with athletes, especially I'm like, why are you here? Like, why, why are you playing the sport that you play? Like for Mm -hmm. what reason? And if it's not one to use my talents and gifts as God has intended me to and secondly, to have fun, then like, you're not here for the right reasons. Um, which I think a lot of people find hard to hear, but that's the reality, right? Like God didn't create sports he created them for fun. He created Mm -hmm. them for entertainment for us to use our gifts and talents in a way to glorify him through them and through our bodies. Um, which is something that like, I always hope that more athletes, more, especially high schoolers and middle schoolers and younger kids could understand. Yeah. I think that's why I personally enjoy um, like college sports the most, because I think that's the, the pinnacle of your competitive spirit. Um, Like not necessarily your physical talent, but it's your competitive spirit where like it does, it's you're competing out of love and not for, for money or endorsements or anything like that. That is like March madness, like NCAA football. That is like prime time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I was like so blessed that I was at a D3 school. So we didn't have scholarships. Like every person that was playing sports there was playing it because they loved the game. Um, It wasn't because it was helping them pay for school. It was actually making their school life more complicated um, because they were missing class and doing those things. And they weren't getting scholarships for it or anything like that. It was actually just for the true love of the game, um, which I think is a really, really special. Mm-hmm. And I, I can only imagine that that's, that 
um, you could also use that fuel to help start um, FCA in the way that you did that you you already knew these people were so passionate now to like like guide that passion into like seeing how it it can fulfill their um, their faith and their their whole life holistically yeah absolutely making their faith a bigger part of their journey and I think it was a place because a lot of our athletes on our campus weren't Catholic but they were going to a Catholic school um, for a lot of them it was like yeah I came to play the sport I love mm-hmm. because I could here um, and so they didn't necessarily come for that Catholic background um, and so giving them a home giving them a place where they felt safe and like they belonged and like they could talk about it and it was with people who understood them um, was another big passion another really driving force behind um, why I wanted FCA to be so successful um, Mm -hmm. outside of all the other campus ministry events going on. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sam, I, I, uh, I love this conversation that, that we've had. And so I can't thank you enough for, for opening your heart to us to be able to tell your story um, and to let us um, have a window into um, an amazing thing that something like having a love for soccer can do. And, and when you, when you blow it up and you really see the, the pure form of, of familial love and the values and foundation that being on a team can do, um, it only shows that you can, you can do so much with it, um, off and on the field, which I think is just uh, a really beautiful gift to be able to have. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for allowing me to tell my story some more. (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. Well, thanks so much, Sam. And yeah, it was just an amazing time to talk with you. Yeah. If you like the show and want to hear more conversations, you can follow us on Instagram at Catholic and Podcast. Thanks to Ryan Little for his song, 70s TV. You can find him on SoundCloud link in the show notes. If you know of anyone you'd want to hear us talk to, reach out and let us know. The show has ended. Now go in peace to subscribe and share.